0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Um, and part of home management, cleaning, organizing, is strangely... Um, cooking for your family. I say strangely because sometimes I don't want that to all be lumped together, but it's true. Um, so I have a guest today on this podcast and it's Aaliyah Milham of, um, prep ahead. I'm sorry. Her website is premeditated leftovers, which I think is the coolest ever. Um, premeditatedleftovers.com com, And this is her second cookbook coming out. So I will be talking about that with her here in a minute and giving you some strategies for, um, just you know, planning breakfasts and lunches specifically to, you know, make life easier ultimately and actually eat healthier food. So, um, but before I do that, I want to make sure that, um, you guys know that I take the summers off from podcasting i do have some stuff that's going to go up on the blog over the summer um but i put no pressure on myself to do that uh and i don't podcast for the months of i think i have maybe one scheduled for june uh the first week in june but then i take off all of july and most of august as well and the reason i do that is to be able to focus completely on my family my kids are off of school i only have them you know How many years? 18 years. And I've got a 16 year old. So I just learned uh, the hard way in the early days of blogging that I don't do both well. So I just need to be able to focus. It also helps me just to kind of get my brain back and ready for, um, you know, getting back to it in the fall. So um, anyway, the reason I tell you that is it's a really good idea if you go ahead and subscribe within your favorite podcast app, uh, to this podcast or at, uh, to the email list at a slash podcasts with an as just so that you get notified when a new one comes out. Because sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you don't completely forget about me, but you do. I mean, you know, you just kind of go on with life. Oh, Dana hasn't put out a new podcast in a while. And then your life just kind of, you know, absorbs this, thing that you've been listening to this podcast and you forget, and then it comes back and and you've forgotten. So, um, so that you don't forget me, just go ahead and subscribe because what that will do is, uh, you will get, you know, if you subscribe with an Apple podcasts on your iPhone or with whatever app you have, then it just, automatically downloads it. Um, or if you subscribe to the email list or both, then you get the email when there's a new podcast that does come out when they start back up. So don't worry. I've still got about four or five left, but I just want to go ahead and warn you so that you can go ahead and do that because that helps a lot. Helps me too. Uh, while you're over there, please leave a review in iTunes. Um, I also want to make sure that you know that, um, I do have a patron only group. Of people, people who are patrons through patreon.com slash the comes clean. Um, one of the perks of being a patron besides just my eternal love and thanks is, um, that you get access. You get to be invited to a super private Facebook group. Um, it's secret. And so the only people in there are the patrons and they're lovely, lovely people who support each other. And, um, I just love seeing the interaction in there. So anyway, um,
1: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com code LISTEN. Yeah. Hi, Aaliyah. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited about your next book coming out. Aaliyah and I have been um, book launching pals, right? <laughs>
2: Yes, we have for a couple of
0: years now. I know. So um, your first book, which we talked about the last time you were on my podcast, which you were one of my very first guests back when um, I really had a horrible setup for having guests. So the sound on that was horrific. Hopefully this time is going to be so much better and easier to listen to. Um, but last time you were here, we talked about your first book, which was Prep Ahead Meals from Scratch. Um yeah which is like right up my happiness cooking style. Um, And uh, this time, what is your new book?
2: My new book is Prep Ahead Breakfasts and Lunches. And it's a little bit different than my last book. And that one, we really just prep the ingredients and then pull them together at the last minute to make dinner. With this one, it includes a lot of make-ahead recipes so we can load our refrigerator and freezer with breakfast and lunch recipes. Because mornings are even crazier than dinner time,
0: aren't they? They are. And that's the thing that I, you know, I want to talk about as we get talking is my, my basic style for breakfasts and lunches is, um, hmm, what am I going to have for breakfast and lunch right now in this moment? <laughs> Which sometimes works out really well. And then other times means that I don't eat breakfast and that's not good because then I start to feel terrible and jittery and all that kind of stuff throughout the day. Um, and I do a lot of fend for yourself. Like, we're heading into summer and, you know, we we have dinner together, but I'm like, feed yourselves, kids, um, breakfast and lunches, which there is value in that, honestly, because I feel like it forces them to um, learn how to <laughs> make some things. But um, but I do, yeah, I want to talk about your um, just, you know, well, let's go ahead and talk about that. What What's your reason that you do prep ahead breakfasts and lunches like how does that impact your life what's your motivation what's what's the reason for that
2: you know the original motivation is kind of an odd one and that is um I had undiagnosed autoimmune disorders for many years and I was so tired in the morning and my kids were too little at the time to make breakfast they were you know one and three and two and four you know these years when I was so tired and so I started um, with my husband's help making head breakfast on the weekend for the entire week Um, and sometimes we would you know make uh, double or triple batches if we wanted to take a weekend off from making breakfast. And so it made it easier for me on those mornings before I was diagnosed when I was so incredibly tired to just be able to pull something out of the refrigerator, pull something out of the freezer and easily and quickly make, um, a meal for my kids.
0: That's, and so how has that, um, morphed over time? Like how has that, um, Changed as far as you know now that that isn't necessary because we meet on a regular basis when it's like seven in the morning for you and you're not exhausted.
2: <laughs> so
0: I know that thankfully you are past this point. Um, I,
2: um, I was di- I was eventually diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis and so I have an underactive thyroid, but it's treated and I do have more energy now. But my husband um, leaves for work at five thirty in the morning. And as much as I'd like to be the wife that gets up and says, you know, have a nice day, here's your breakfast, you know, and and hands him his lunch, that's just not going to happen. I love my husband, and and the most I can muster is rolling over and telling him he's handsome before he leaves the house. (laughs) So I have breakfast and lunch pre-made for him, so he can grab them. I have them in in a lunch sack, and he hits the gym first. And then he goes back to his office and there is a pre-made breakfast and a pre-made lunch in there. So he can make, not just him, but also my kids, they're all eating healthier foods. Because one of the things I found is if I don't have breakfast on hand, then that's where the cereal creeps in and the packaged foods start to creep in. Or where we make bad decisions and I'm out and about and so we stop for fast food. And, um, I have two kids that have celiac disease. I have one that has, um, a, a dairy allergy. And so it's, it really is hard for us to stop when we're out and about. So pre-making things means I can tailor things for each of my kids, um, and their food allergies. But it also means that we're, we save money because we're not eating junk food. Um, I save time, so I can actually hit snooze and and not get out of bed until a little bit later, because I don't have to spend time cooking or packing lunches, because I make them the night before, because everything's already pre-made, so I can just toss it in. Um, and the and and we're eating more wholesome, more nutritious foods,
0: which is. Which is the ideal, right? I mean, that's what we all want to do, and then life gets busy, and it doesn't happen, and then we feel guilty, and then we want to do even better than we wanted to do before, and then it's this endless cycle. So, like, how much time do you spend on the actual prepping ahead?
2: I spend less than two hours a week for making all of our breakfast lunches, and then also incorporating the prep ahead techniques that I use for the dinners for my other cookbook. So while I have something that's in the oven for breakfast or I'm, you know, have something on the stovetop for lunch, I can also be doing some of that meal prep for those dinners throughout the week. So I kind of incorporate it into one um, session and I usually do it on either Saturday or Sunday, depending on the time. Okay. But one of the things I tell people to do is if you don't have time to set aside, because I know with kids sports and activities, sometimes the weekends are crazier, than our weeknights. So one of the things that I suggest is if you just make breakfast from scratch once a week, make a double or triple batch. If it's pancakes or waffles or muffins or egg sandwiches, you can double or triple that. And if you just do that once a week, you start building up your freezer supply of pre-made breakfasts and lunches in in short order.
0: So you do waffles and all those kinds of things. I mean, is that... Give me some, like, examples of what kinds of things are in, you know, in the book. Because I know sometimes when... Let's just be honest. Because we haven't done a whole lot of um, of real breakfasts and real lunches, sometimes our palates, is that the right word, <laughs> are not necessarily refined. <laughs> and it's like well, but we're used to having Doritos and grilled cheese or whatever, you know, so it's like, what what kinds of things do okay. you ha- focus on?
2: Well, the recipes are all inspired by things that my children like, Okay. Uh, and my husband is an easy eater. He was in the military, so that man is just thankful for every single thing I make, <laughs> and That's a great thing. It is an awesome thing. He also is better at ironing than I am, so there's a <laughs> lot of qualities to be said. So I do have some things like um, pizza breakfast cups because I do have one child who is extremely picky, and if I say pizza breakfast, you know, pizza anything, I might have called lasagna pizza casserole when he was a baby, uh, or <laughs> her just to get him to eat it. Um, but they're inspired by the types of things that my kids like. So my kids like cajun spices and they like chipotle and taco seasoning so i have a chipotle egg muffin sandwich and i make these really easily by making sheet pan eggs and then i use ground meat and i add spices and i make sheet what i call sheet pan sausage it's basically just cooking ground meat in a huge rectangle of a baking sheet and it looks like sausage and it tastes awesome, but there's no fillers. There's no questionable ingredients in there. It's just the ground meat and the spices and a little bit of broth. And so then once I've made those sheep pan eggs and those sheep pan sausage, I can use a pizza cutter and cut those into 12 slices each and put them on muffins, and and I have 12 muffin, egg muffin sandwiches, so I use the spices, my kids like, like the Cajun seasoning, and chipotle, or taco seasoning, and those types of things, Um, my kids do like pancakes, and waffles though too, so um, I make peanut butter chocolate chip blender pancakes, and the great thing about making in the blender, is since it's in that container, if you want to, you can make that, uh, if you want to serve them hot, you can put that blender pitcher in the refrigerator and pull it out the next morning and and just make them hot but my kids are pretty good about uh i can make pancakes or waffles in advance and the waffles we heat them up just in the toaster just like you would the freezer waffles you buy at the grocery store we just throw them in the toaster and heat them up so i have chipotle cornbread waffles um I had lemon chia seed waffles, so they're really flavorful, inspired by the things my kids like. And now some, some people's kids might not like this, but my one, my daughter really likes savory types of uh, foods. And she's not a syrupy type of person, and so for her I made garlic and rosemary sweet potato pancakes. And there, it's a real uh, savory flavor combination. Um, and instead, this is going to sound really bizarre, but she loves it. She dips it in um, olive oil with spices mixed in, just like <laughs> you would a Italian dipping bread. So some of the things you're going to think, wow, that's bizarre, but they're actually inspired by some of the things my kids like, um, including the chicken fajita stuffed French toast. My oldest son, really, he's a, I would like, he wants protein at every meal. You know, he's just very active. <laughs> That's and my I family, of, yes. <laughs> yeah, teenage boys are uh, understand that. So for him, one of the recipes I created was a chicken fajita stuffed French toast. Hmm. And we serve it with salsa on the side, but it's got that meat stuffed in the French toast in between two layers of French toast with peppers. So it's really flavorful. Um, and then, of course, you know, for me, I have chocolate hazelnut muffins.
0: <laughs> right. So are the things in it, um, are they based around, you know, gluten-free or is it, I mean, like how does that work?
2: Um, you know what, the recipes in the book, I do not include the gluten-free substitutions in the book, but I'm happy to work with anybody who needs them. The reason I didn't is because we really focused on storing methods for the ones that are freezer, can go in the freezer, freezer, freezing methods. And then thawing and reheating methods.
0: Okay, so because some- that is an issue, right? I mean, like if we're talking about sandwiches and things like that, you know, that is what are the common concerns that people have about stuff like that and freezer meals?
2: Okay, right. If one is not having them get soggy and not right. having get crystals on them, um, and so when I make the like the sandwiches, uh, I I'm one. I have a whole bunch of tips on making sure how to make sandwiches that don't get soggy, but I, even when I layer them, so we put the cheese down before we put the meat, so none of the oils can seep into the breads, so that will help keep it get soggy from the inside out, and then one of the things I recommend is I wrap my sandwiches in a paper towel, and then I wrap them in plastic wrap, and what that does is the paper towel will absorb any of the moistures. It keeps crystals from forming on the sandwich. And then the other thing it does is when my husband gets to work or my kids, my, my oldest one's at college, so she has access to microwaves. It doesn't work for, um, I know, some of the school kids. But he can pull off the plastic wrap, and then he can microwave his sandwich on the paper towel.
0: And oh, that's nice.
2: Yeah, so it makes it convenient for him. He doesn't have to search for something that's suitable to put it on, and okay. but it also helps keep the sandwich really fresh.
0: Well, I yeah, I've 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 done the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the freezer. That's about as fancy as I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny because people will be like, you know, what about the sogginess? And I'm like, my kids kind of like the sogginess a little bit. I don't be anyway you know but everybody has be- way better ideas on that than I do. Um but, but I know, do you know, know-
2: get used to, there is a certain amount of what kids get used to and and that's a factor in there too. Um right. and so if if kids have never had bread that's been frozen and then toasted it's going to be different. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I do really try to make things flavorful so that Kids, people are focusing on the flavor. Um, when you, whenever I expose my kids to something new, I make sure that the flavor profile is something that's going to be really appealing for any new foods. Um, and that way, if there's something weird, like I do, I do use squash noodles. I use spaghetti squash noodles in some of my bowls instead of spaghetti. Um, so I have a a caprice spaghetti squash salad. And so it, the flavors, my kids love the caprice you know, that balsamic drizzle. Um, And so having something that's a flavor that they already like, when you combine it with something that's new, like spaghetti squash noodles,
0: helps make it much more appealing to them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, With any new food being introduced, for sure. Okay. Um, Okay, so tell me about, like, specifically... Life on the road, I know you guys are, and I don't mean like you don't travel prof- you know professionally is that a thing traveling professionally <laughs> <laughs>
2: If it isn't, it should be <laughs> in
0: our world of blogging, I think it actually is <laughs> um but professionally is not the word I'm looking for here, but you guys um you guys are on the road, right, for classes and you know activities yeah. and things for your kids, so tell and me of love- a-
2: because we live in the country, so everything is a road trip.
0: Yeah, which is lovely, right? <laughs> Except it puts lots of miles on the car. <laughs> um, so, okay, so if you, like, what are your packaging? I mean, like, how do you, um, it, for those times when, you, when microwaving is not an option and um, all that kind of stuff, like, what, tell me some ideas and tips on that that make a big difference.
2: So that's where I look for cold sandwich, uh, cold salads and sandwiches. So one of the things I have, like I mentioned, my oldest son likes hearty foods. Well, I have a Greek steak and lentil salad that is absolutely delicious cold. That sounds good. And, um, a chopped chimichurri steak salad, which my daughter loves. Um, again, really, these are really delicious cold. They don't need to be heated up, and so they can be packed cold in an insulated container, and they stay cold. Um, the other thing that I um, have that my youngest son loves, speaking of my pickiest child, is a pizza quinoa salad. And so that's hearty and filling, but it very much appeals to <laughs> to my youngest child. Um, the other thing we have is sandwiches that can be eaten cold. Um one of the ones, now, I think it tastes good hot, but my my husband and kids absolutely love it cold, and it's their teriyaki sl- um, sliders that have an Asian coleslaw on them. Oh, yum. It, yeah, it's really delicious, but I was surprised at, at how, you know, I was like, oh, we need to heat that up. And they're like, no, we actually don't. Um, another one that they really like is jalapeno chicken pita pockets. And again, it's one of them where I'm like, oh, let's heat this up. And they're like, no, we like it cold. I'm like, okay. So, um, I look for the things that they, that my family, the sandwiches that they like cold and pack those on those days when there's no access. And I have a Southwestern, um, chicken salad, um, wrap. That's another one that's just really good. And again, my kids will eat anything with taco seasoning. Yeah. Well, and
0: I feel like you're, I mean, all of these things are, so fancy compared to, um, the sausage I just cooked and that's it for my breakfast. Um, but, but I also feel like just on the go, you know, you know, I mean like, you know, for us, there was a time in our lives where, and I have a series on the blog of things I took as picnic meals at the ballpark, you know, and people were always so incredibly jealous, but I was like, I cannot give up having real food for my family and not drive through, you know,
2: um,
0: for dinner. So I feel like there's a lot of value there too, to go, these are all actual recipes that are proven to be able to be made ahead, to be able to be transported, you know, some of them, um, because it's not always just breakfast and lunch. Sometimes it's dinner too, that you're like, we need some actual food here. Um,
2: We used yeah. to do that when we lived in California. I used to meet my husband at the beach with dinner. And oh, so awesome. I would bring, you know, cold salads to serve, um, you know, on a picnic blanket before the kids went swimming or after the kids went swimming. The desserts and snacks that I have in here are also transportable. And one of the things that I make it um, easy for them to go is I bake some of the desserts, some of the messy desserts I bake inside mason jars, like the apple blueberry cobbler. Oh, yum. And the upside down German chocolate cake. So sometimes I don't pack desserts every time I pack my kids lunch. I don't know. Maybe that makes me a bad mom, but uh, I don't they're all things that could be that are easily transportable. Um, the cookies, um, don't have frosting on them. You know, they're like the apple jumble. They're very flavorful, but they're, they can easily go even in a snack bag if needed. Um, the pumpkin snickerdoodle bites. And then I do have some granola bars too. Um, so, cause it's, that's one of the things um, i become really passionate about. <laughs> granola bars are expensive and so is granola. And it's so easy to make both of those yourself at home. At the overnight oatmeal in my cookbook, you bake, you mix it together, you bake it for 10 minutes, you turn off the oven and you go to bed and you wake up and you have a giant pan of homemade granola. Wow. So it is, so much more frugal than. And home. it makes your
1: house smell amazing, I'm sure.
2: Oh, it does. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
0: Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app and when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. Okay. Well, let's talk. I want to kind of shift a little bit and talk about kitchens and decluttering and, um, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is that, so Aaliyah was my, um, she's so great about, you know, just being like on it and on top of things. So when I was, what was it like the last minute? I mean, days before I turned my book decluttering at the speed of life in, um, I said, Hey, do you want to read this? And you read it and you give me feedback and it's so great anyway. But you specifically talked about yes on the kitchen chapter. Like it made sense to you. And what your comment is what I want to talk about, which is, you know, you live and work in your kitchen. That's what you do for a living is create recipes, spend the day in your kitchen, all that kind of stuff. So um, talk to me about your best um, decluttering. I'm, I'm not decluttering your best kitchen organizing strategies. Like what are the essentials for a functional kitchen and, keeping it running well tell us your thoughts on that
2: okay so one of the things I'll tell you is that um what an old ugly kitchen is completely functional for my first cookbook my publisher saw my kitchen pictures from my kitchen and he was like oh no we can't use those and, <laughs> and you know I, it, the appliances are a little bit older and it has regular tile kitchen counters rather than you know some gorgeous kitchen counters and gorgeous, you know, the paint is a more of a retro uh um, whitewashed cabinets rather than, you know, whatever the current trend is right now.
0: Which and I don't even know what the current trend is. I don't
2: either. <laughs> and here's the thing, um and I thought about, okay, I could use the money I'm making for my book to update my kitchen. But then I thought, no, I don't want to do that because that sends the wrong message. It is a completely functional kitchen. I use it the food that comes out of there is amazing. My friends and family all love the food that comes out of there. There is nothing wrong with it. So that's the first thing I want to tell people is a pretty good kitchen does not make better food. <laughs> you know, a kitchen that Just so actually-
0: y'all know, this is like Aaliyah's personality wrapped up in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel like? <laughs> <laughs> Because and it just speaks to my soul. Because I yes, look at my house, which everybody in the internet has seen it basically. But you know, it's yeah, we're not we're not talking about decorating here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So um,
2: and then the other thing I think we get trapped in is the needing. We're we're there's pressure to buy all sorts of different appliances, and the best appliances are the ones that we actually use. Right need all a fancy chopper for this and all these special things. We really don't. And so one of the things that I feel is important is to really look at what you use in your kitchen and then make it so it's easy to access those things. Because if the blender, if you have to pull out three other things from the cupboard to get to the blender, then you're not going to make those blender pancakes because just you're going to get tired thinking about all the work you have to do to get to the blender.
0: Right. I call it the hassle factor.
2: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I really believe in having a minimalist kitchen, only having what you actually use. Um, and, and then having it where you need it to, to make it easier. And the other thing, um, I know it's really popular to put all of our appliances on our kitchen counters, but one of the things I found that is if you have to wash the appliance, because it was dusty, because it was sitting on the counter before you use it, again, there's the hassle factor. So I put my blender and my mixer um, in the cupboards and took out some of all those other extra things that I really, appliances that I didn't need and donated those. So that way, when I pull out my blender, it's clean and I can just use it immediately. That's a
0: really good point. I've never thought of.
2: Um, so... So the other thing that I do in a kitchen is, and I've got, I have an advantage as a military wife, we moved a lot. My husband is no, he's retired, so we don't move that much anymore. But um, we moved so much that I got to the point where I would walk in the kitchen and I would stand in front of the stove and I would say, what do I need when I'm standing here? So that I would have those utensils close by. And then that would cause me to look at the utensils. Well, if these are the utensils I use here. Do I need those other ones or do I need them someplace else? And it is completely okay to divide up your utensils. Just because you have a little container that sits on the counter that you put all your utensils in, doesn't mean you have, if you don't use your specials at the stove, then put them in the drawer that's by where you're going to use it. So it makes it, it, some of the things that seem hard when we're cooking is self-imposed difficulty.
0: Which is the whole, where would I look for it first? Yes, you know, exactly, like, exactly. where would my hand automatically reach for this anyway? How can I just go ahead and put it there? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or what, what do I open knowing that it's wishful thinking that this item is going to be there <laughs> and then let's, let's eliminate that and actually put it there. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And and I will tell you guys from Dana's first book, um, I made, realize. I can't cook in my kitchen unless it's clean. And so my kitchen is usually clean um, because I cook a lot. Um, But I was not putting away my clean dishes afterwards. I was leaving them on the strainer. I was leaving them um, in the dishwasher. And I had a bad habit of pulling those things out from these spots where they were clean and using them. And one of the breakthroughs that I had was if I – made myself put those away every single day, then I started realizing, wait, I I don't actually need 16 glasses. <laughs>
0: you know? When you start to see them in the actual, like in their home, in their container, in their cabinet. yeah. <laughs>
2: yes, there's too many of these. And yeah. so if I get rid of those, then one of the things that I did do is I ended up buying, um, once I made more room in my cupboard... I thought, what do I need more of? What would make my life easier? And one of the things that I ended up getting was more of those two cup um, measuring cups, horrible measuring cups. Yes. They have plastic and Pyrex and you know all sorts of different kinds because that makes it really easy for me to meal prep. So if I'm making freezer meals that go in a plastic bag in the freezer or whether I am making several different salads to get us through the week and I'm using those to make salad dressings, Having more of those made my life easier. So as I took the things out, I wasn't using as much and and then made room for the things that would actually make my life easier. So on Sunday night, my top rack of my dishwasher has all these <laughs> empty, um, dirty measuring cups that go in there. But all the other, you know, I don't have to use a lot of um, other appliances and stuff like that because one of the things I do, oh, I – should I talk about cheating? I do. I do. Cheating
0: is awesome. Yes. (laughs) Talk about cheating for sure. (laughs) Cause that's what everybody really wants to know.
2: (laughs) So one of the things I'll do is I will cover my baking sheets with foil so that I can just throw the foil away. And then underneath it is a clean baking sheet.
0: Now um, I have to ask you, which this is gonna like. I have a running list of things because every once in a while I've done one and I plan to do another of things that make my life easier. Do you use the extra wide foil? Because that is the yes, best stuff ever.
2: It is. I do. I I don't just I stockpile extra wide foil.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, they have it on sale at Costco. Yes. Pretty regularly. Um, you know, it's one of those things that goes on sale every few months and. Oh, my word. I love that stuff because it covers an entire cookie sheet. And so it doesn't leak underneath when you try to put two sheets together. Exactly.
2: And I I use one of those cookie sheets covered in foil to broil meat rather than using a broiling pan because I I used to never broil because we had one of those traditional broiling pans where then the juices would flow down into the drip pan underneath. Right.
0: The kind that come with the oven.
2: Yes, yeah. and those are the worst things to clean, right? So I never wanted to clean it, so I wasn't broiling, but broiling is so incredibly fast. Yeah. So once I moved to broiling on baking sheets covered in foil, I mean, that just streamlined my whole meekly, <laughs> weekly meal prep.
0: Yeah, I that's what I do. Like, as I said, my super fascinating meal of some sausage this morning for breakfast, um... Yeah, I just I will use the smaller one for that over a pie plate, like just because then I don't even have to wash it. I know, I'm so sorry, those of y'all who are I horrified know. right now that <laughs> but or it's the water, or it's that you know, from washing it I don't have to use any of that. So okay, whatever.
2: Yeah, All right. <laughs> it's a balance. Someday some days I'm gonna just be sent a dishwasher. But until then
0: I right. right. Okay, so Tell me what, if you've got three things, give me three things that someone can do right now to make breakfasts and lunches easier in their lives. Because to me, breakfasts and lunches are the thing that I don't even think about when I'm meal planning. Like, it never even occurs to me.
2: Yeah. and That's common, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so, but then... Strangely, my family wants to eat these things every single day. (laughs) And so we have like this whole entire school year, which is almost over. And I can't even believe. But this whole entire school year, my kids have basically had the exact same lunch every single day, like the pretty much the every single day, you know, and they put it together out of the ingredients that I have, you know, not ingredients even, but stuff that I have bought. Um, so, what are some things like if we're sitting here going, okay, how do I go from bare minimum, never thinking about it, to full on prep session? What are three things somebody can do to make breakfasts and lunches healthier, easier, whatever, in their so lives? If your
2: family will eat scrambled eggs, I know some people don't like to, but here's one thing you can do: you can batch cook scrambled eggs. You can. Uh, I actually have a recipe for baking them. Okay. Um, you can either do them on a sheet pan or you can do them in the, in a casserole dish in the oven and bake them. Once you have those pre-made eggs, you can do just about anything you want from them. I mean, you can serve scrambled eggs, but I rarely do. I often put them inside a burrito and make a, uh, I'm sorry, inside a tortilla and make a breakfast burrito. You can make breakfast bowls. So I don't like to eat tortillas. So instead, I take some scrambled eggs and I put them in a bowl um, with, depending on how I'm seasoning it.
0: I myself, so how do you keep them from getting rubbery?
2: Um, you know what? It hasn't really been a problem because one, we don't overcook them to begin with, we just, we're just cooking them until they're done. We're not okay. overcooking them. Um, but because they're scrambled, we're not, we're not also going to have that. If you have that runny yellow section, that's going to get hard too. So that's one of the reasons why I do scrambled eggs. Um, and one of the things to get fluffy scrambled eggs is you just don't over stir them. We have a tendency to, to overplay with our food. And baking them kind of helps prevent you from doing that. Because huh. you only pull them out of the oven twice and just flip them over. So you're not over um, overplaying with them. Um, but then you can make, and I also make breakfast nachos. I mean, speaking of, I, I kind of feel like a bad mom for doing this. But I will put out tortilla chips for my youngest son, my pickiest child. Um, so don't judge that kid just getting him. Getting <laughs> <hard>. If <laughs> we, if we
0: do breakfast burritos, aren't tortilla chips, basically the same thing, right?
2: That That's exactly. Yes. This is why we're friends. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I will put out tortilla chips. I'll put scrambled eggs on top of it and then cheese, um, salsa, guacamole, if I have it and he will eat his breakfast that way. And he, he feels like easy eating nachos.
0: That's awesome! Just, I never would have thought of that.
2: Just pre-baking uh, or pre, you know pre-cooking eggs then gives you opens up a lot of whether it's sam- a breakfast sandwich or um, a breakfast burrito, a breakfast bowl. There's so many options there. Um, one of the things, uh, the other thing that you can do is just any if you make breakfast as a family. We tend to have breakfast as a family once a week on Saturday or Sunday. That's the only time that we all get to sit down at, in the morning, with my husband leaving at 5.30 in the morning, uh, the only time we all get to sit down. And so I take advantage to that time that since we're making breakfast and make a double or triple batch of whatever I'm serving that morning. And that just makes means that I have a freezer full of things that I can pull out. Um, for lunches, one of the easiest ways to start Making lunches in advance all of the um, actual lunch recipes in this cookbook are based on our favorite dinners and how I got started making our lunches in advance is just by making a double batch of dinner mm-hmm. and then I had those you know I could have Mongolian beef and broccoli uh, for dinner serve it for dinner and then I could take the leftovers and turn it into rice bowls I mean you guys do realize when you Rice bowls are basically just what we used to call leftovers, right?? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we go no, to the they're trendy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know somebody made leftovers trendy, but we go to the freezer section and they're like 499 for a rice bowl, but you can make it yourself just with leftovers if you just make a double batch of dinner. So that is one that is the easiest way to get started is just by making something for dinner that is going to be popular with your family. Um, One of the recipes that I have in here is um, my bourbon beef. Um, And and so that's a popular dinner recipe for my family. My husband absolutely loves our bourbon beef. And then I do it with green beans so it's hearty and it can stand up to being even frozen and thawed and reheated. And then I serve it over quinoa. So I make bourbon beef quinoa bowls. If you, so I could either intentionally on Sunday make a week's worth of bourbon beef quinoa bowls or I could just make a double batch on Monday night and then I have lunch for the rest of the week for my husband.
0: Which I, I think to, to me that's the best way to start as well because experiencing the, oh my goodness, I have a good lunch. You know, experiencing the not having to scramble, not feeling like seriously, how am I eating a bag of chips again and calling this lunch? You know that that um, pleasure that you feel from that then encourages you to go, okay, I'm willing to do a little bit more of prep ahead stuff because it was worth it to me, and that I think that builds momentum.
2: It does. It yeah. absolutely does. Uh, my. My husband and kids like they actually are like excited to open their lunch sacks in the morning. You know what has it made? So even that um, builds the momentum for me because there's times when I'm tired and I'm just like, they could just buy lunch right at the at the cafeteria today. But knowing how excited they get, or even if they've had a bad day. And they just say, oh, I was just struggling. But, you know, then I got your lunch and I was so excited to see what was inside. And and then I'm like, that's why I do it, um, to make them feel better.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm.
0: You know, okay, this is a random story, but it makes me think of that is my, my dad bought his lunch every day because he was at this big company and they wanted the managers or whatever he was at the time. I have no idea to eat in the cafeteria. Like that was a thing that they asked them to do. And so my mom stopped sending him lunch, but I can remember that was one of the things that my mother asked him every single night at dinner. So what'd you have for lunch today? Like every <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with this conversation, but it's like, you know, I mean that I, I think that experience of food is a family bonding thing somehow, you know, and
2: yeah, it is. No, yeah. it really it's, And it's funny because my husband, um, in the early days, my husband had been a naval aviator think he was in the navy, and so they kind of have this um, you know, coolness factor, you know, and there's some peer pressure and stuff. And so the guys were ripping him at one point, you know, this is way back in the day before I was a cookbook author, and they were ripping him (laughs) about always bringing this lunch to work. And um, my husband, instead of like succumbing to peer pressure and saying, "Don't, don't pack me lunch, you know, I'll eat with the guys. He just held up his lunch sack and he said, this is a sign my wife loves me. So it was like, so he like laid the gauntlet, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, and and you can't, my husband and I have the conversation all the time about the money that so many people spend. He is the best at taking leftovers. I mean, he is, my husband, I, I like, I'm so thankful for that. But that's just how he was brought up. So he always takes leftovers for lunch. But the money that he, that he saves without us even really consciously realizing how much money we're saving compared to needing to grab lunch, you know? Yes. And how many people just need to grab lunch. And I mean, sometimes he does. And I do a lot when I'm out sometimes on purpose um, because I like to grab lunch. (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean just the money saving. Well, if you think
2: about it, I can't stop my brain from calculating how much I'm paying for a meal to how much groceries it would buy. So just for your standard fast food meal, we'll buy you a couple pounds of meat. And it will definitely buy you enough. One meal at a fast food place will buy enough groceries to make lunches for the whole week and actually probably longer.
0: Well, and to the, the nutrition. I mean, you know, just the simple, even if I am not counting every calorie in here and running it, you know, through whatever... Points or any whatever it is that you're doing, just eating food that I made at home is going to save me so much as far as health, you know, as far as the healthiness of the food. And
2: well, and that's and one that. thing I struggled with was in my last cookbook I didn't include desserts. So my husband and kids are like, "You need to include desserts." So I'm like, "It's a dinner cookbook. I'm not including desserts." So I struggled with it, and this time I decided to do it. And the reason is I have never, and I don't know if I actually say this in my. Like, book. I I was thinking about writing about it. I can't remember if I edited it out or not. I should go back and reread it. But my kids have been raised, I've never said they can't have sweets. But I've always baked the sweets themselves. And so my daughter, when she was in orchestra in high school, um, everybody would take turns bringing bring the, the treats for them. And one time we were there and somebody had brought Hostess cupcakes and Twinkies and all these different things. And my daughter looked at them and she's like, Oh, well, I've never had those. And everybody was at shock. Here's this you know, 15 year old kid who's never had any of these packaged cupcakes and sweets. And she looks at me and she goes, can I have them? I'm like, go ahead and try them. And she took one bite. And then she looked at me and she goes, do I have to finish it? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you don't have to finish it. But the thing is, is if, If our kids are raised on home-baked goods, they self-limit the amount of junk food they eat when they're out, because we've created the standard for them of what cookies are supposed to taste like, and what cupcakes are supposed to taste like, and and so we we set the standard for them. I, I mean, I wasn't intentionally setting out to do that, but it was a side effect that I realized that my kids, most of the time when we're in public and they're offered desserts, they say, no, thank you. And then, we'll, but as soon as we walk in the door, they'll say, you know, are there any of the apple jumble cookies left? So it's, it's been really interesting to see how this is carried as I, I have now, actually my two oldest ones are adults and how that has carried over that they will even now skip a lot of desserts that are available in packaged form until they either get to my house or until they get home to their own and can um, make it from scratch themselves.
0: Not that it's guaranteed because my mother made a lot of stuff from scratch and I'm a total sugar addict. So, So, but it's a really good thing to try. (laughs) I can prove most theories (laughs) to not be universal. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me, Aaliyah. Um, This has been fun. I want you to. Make sure you give us the information now. Your book comes out on May fifteenth, and today is May third, right? And I'm releasing this hopefully on May third because that's how far ahead I work on my podcasts. Anyway, um, but I so some of the stuff that's like a pre order bonus, you know, will be available on its own after May fifteenth. So if you're listening to this after May fifteenth, okay. But if you're listening to it before that. Um, you know, just kind of clarify what all you have going on and what's available to people.
2: Right now, for those who pre-order the cookbook before it's actually released, um, I am offering them a free enrollment in my meal prep cooking class. And it's an online cooking class where I take you through some of the um, recipe? Not, I'm not using the recipes from the cookbook in the cooking classes. They're all standalone recipes that you get access to immediately. But I'm showing, demonstrating some of the techniques, like how I make sheet pan eggs, how I make uh sheet pan sausage, and then okay. quickly make sandwiches from it. Um, how I make a large meal prep salad so that I can make salads that will still be good after being in the refrigerator for five days. So I take you through some of those. Um, techniques, how I make baked oatmeal, um, rather than so I can pre-make baked oatmeal and then have oatmeal for the whole week. And it kind of, it has the taste and texture more of coffee cake than oatmeal. So, um, my family, that sounds good you can actually, it's oatmeal that you can actually reheat and it's still good after reheating because, you know, oatmeal is one of those things that's kind of a little bit harder to,
1: right.
2: most of us don't save our oatmeal if we have leftover oatmeal, Um, and so uh, how to make overnight granola so that you can um, use these recipes to start cooking and meal prepping right now, and then you'll have know the techniques that I'm using so that when you see them in the cookbook, you'll be able to apply it right away.
0: That sounds great. So, And that is available, and I will have the links to your new book, to the pre-order bonus form, and also to the course... Yeah, the course yeah. itself, if somebody just wants that, which I don't know why they would do that, um, if they can get it as a pre-order bonus. But anyway, um, but yeah, so I, I'll have links to that in the show notes for this podcast.
2: Right. And when they fill out the form, they'll get a code that they can then use on the order form so that they get the cooking class for free.
0: Okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining me, and I'm excited to see um, how your cookbook Goes. Am I supposed to be getting one soon? <laughs> you are. It
2: should be soon. I actually heard from some of the other people who are receiving advanced copies that they got them yesterday. So okay. Come
0: soon. Hopefully mine will come today. So, okay. Well, thanks for joining me and, um, we'll see you the next time you have a cookbook come out, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually, know. If you're ready. Not-
2: Minneapolis
0: together. Oh, that's right. That's right. So Aaliyah will be in Minneapolis um, at the Penners Conference along with me. We'll both be speaking. So, hey, you've got two different people. Are you speaking both days? I am. Okay. So as long as we're not at the same time.
2: The other day. I know. Hopefully they won't have us at the same time.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I will talk to you later.
2: Okay. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.